Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Merhaba, merhaba, hello, hello, and welcome to episode 48 of the Lions Den, a Galsaray podcast done by the community, for the community. I'm Emre, and I'll be your host for today. Today, we have a lot to talk about, but we have one person that's finally joining back with us, and that's Saleh. Saleh's back. How you doing, Saleh? Thank you, Emre. Thanks for introducing me again. Uh, glad to be back. Yeah, it's actually been quite a while now that I think of it. The last time was probably almost two months ago. But yeah, due to unfortunate circumstances, I couldn't always attend. But um, yeah, glad to be back. Glad to celebrate another win. Our first win, of course, in all those months. And uh, I'm with American boys today. Only Dutchy here, only European, only non-American. So <laughs> let's, all, let's get on with it. That's all that's I can the, say. That's the best Americans. <laughs> Sir. The two, yeah, yeah, we don't count uh, Coach on today. You unfortunately, unfortunately couldn't, yeah, you couldn't uh, attend due to uh, some reasons. Um, but he'll be back soon for our listeners. We're, we're looking forward to that. For sure. And Yasin, what, how are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Galsa is breaking records. I'm happy. Salih's here. Summit isn't here, which... Has nice you must perks be happy too, about that, right? You know, no, no, no guy to tease me on the podcast for half the episode. Um, so that's always a nice thing. <laughs> and uh, Emre, happy belated birthday! Don't think that I wasn't gonna go without saying it on the pod. I know it's uh, we try to be professional here, but we also care about each other. Your birthday was yesterday, but we're recording today, so happy belated! And you know, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How you feeling? You doing good? Ah, just getting older, whatnot. Yeah. Now people know my birthday. That's one thing they know about me. They know my name. Next thing you know, <laughs> they're gonna have my social security. That, that, open up a bank account in my name. Maybe damn Yasin, you throw me out maybe, there. Maybe after the hundredth episode, we'll we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, no, sorry, my apologies. <laughs> nah, nah. Wait, You're fine. As, a, <clears throat> as a non-American, what did you just say? Happy belated. Or deli- what did you say? Belated. Belated. You guys, you guys don't know that. Belated. Oh, okay. Maybe, no. maybe that's not a common term for uh, non-Americans. But yeah, belated is just you know late, late birthday. Whether it's one day, two days, whatever. It's just being late. Actually. Ah, okay. Yeah, but is it? I mean, is that just be late? You know, late. I, I actually don't know yeah, how like that word belated. is for. Yeah, I'm not Honestly, I don't know either. We're not grammar professionals unfortunately yeah i never um, heard of that that's why i was like belated i was like okay i mean of course i understood right away what it mm-hmm. does mean but i've just never heard the term myself we don't have that over here at least in dutch so yeah well that's because it's dutch you know <laughs> like i'm i've tried looking into the dutch language it's a not only does it sound really like off <laughs> reading it is kind of but again yeah, it's a, it's a hybrid. You, see, you, you uh, should see like Japanese and stuff, Chinese. So I can't complain. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Dutch should still be pretty, uh, I would say pretty doable because we do have a lot of loan words from English anyway. The grammar. That like, is true. Styles. A lot of things are shared. 
But I do agree that most people do find it sounding uh, goofy. So, <laughs> can't. I mean, I have to give you uh, on that one. Is there a lot of slang words, like in uh, English, in uh, Dutch? Do you guys have a lot of slang words? Uh, that's a good question. A lot of slang words. Uh, no, it's actually mostly from the colonies. It would be usually like from the Caribbean that we use or uh, Suriname, um, Moroccan slang, Turkish slang <laughs> was kind of in, but that was more when in the early 2000s. I don't think it's as cool anymore to use it. <laughs> uh, kind of phased out. But yeah, I, uh, English slang? No, I wouldn't say so. Rather, yeah. rather than using English slang, it would be more like uh, your sentences yeah. would be like 50% English itself. That's how the cool kids sound. You uh, like mix and match English exactly. with uh, Dutch, <laughs> sometimes sprinkle in a little Turkish in yes. there. Just and uh, for the, the funny sake part of, of that too is there are actually quite a lot of people who are against the anglicizing of the Dutch language. So there's actually a conservative people who are really against that. And they want uh, true Dutch words to be used instead of every fucking business term to be English or whatever. People just hate the, the Anglos, huh? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a bit too much. I mean, it's, it's like too intertwined, you could say. Which is good on one hand, but I also understand the other part. They're losing a bit of their culture with that. Henne said, it's not a, this is not a history or culture class today. We're going to be talking about football. But before that... We have to dive right. into some news. Which well, we have a lot you. of news. Yeah. Um, okay, so Galsara have been very busy lately, guys. Um, they've been putting out, you know, events, auctions. So one of the first things they did was announce a special edition black jersey. You can find this on the Galsara website for 800 tele. That'd be 40 euros for our Europeans and, you know, $42 for our North Americans or anyone that deals in US dollars. Uh, a proceeds of these sales will go straight to the campaigns organized by Kalsarai, the needs for the earthquake quick, uh, victims. Um, th you could also add your name and number for free. So there's no extra charge for any of that. Kalsarai is also, uh, like I said, events. They held an auction where they raised 17,870,000 liras, which is 942,000 euros. USD and 885k euros in the Galserai High School. And there's going to be even more auctions, separate auctions that are going for other items. And if you want to find these, you can go to artam.com, A-R-T-A-M.com and search for Galserai. Yeah, what do you guys think about the, uh, the ongoing efforts from the, uh, the, the club so far? Really good. Yasin? Really good. I mean, um, as a Galsai fan, um, it's always easy to want to buy a new jersey, knowing that buying a jersey means supporting my club. It means getting being able to rep my club. You know, I'm, I'm a proud Galsai fan. I, I love repping my club whenever I can, whether that's collecting it for my drawer, right? But in this case, we have an extra reason to buy and support the club and having more jerseys. Having the proceeds of this jersey going straight to the earthquake victims is the easiest purchase I've ever made in my life when it comes to Galsai merchandise. And it looks sleek too. It's a black jersey. You know, we don't always get black jerseys. I mean, maybe we do for the away ones, but 
they're not mm-hmm. always very clean like this one is. You know, you might have some differentiating opinions. You know, Samet wishes that uh, the center portion of it that says Birlikte, which means together in Turkish, mm-hmm. he wishes that was gray, so it was completely black and gray, like even cleaner than what it is now. That's fine, but I, I think it's a very nice little uh, thing that they're doing. And like I said, it, for 40 USD, um, you know, obviously everybody's financial means are different, but for 40 USD, it's it's not that bad of a purchase. Uh, and, and like I said, it's going to earthquake victims. So what better way to support the club and people who need help? So I, I love that. Saleh, what do you think about it? People who need the help. Yeah, Saleh. What do you think about that and also them going above and beyond raising all this money in auctions. What do you think about what they're like, they're going <clears> above <throat> and beyond. What, what, why do you think that Galsaray is going above and beyond at this level? It's basically to be the role model. Uh, that's, that's the message that we're trying to portray to the rest of, in this case, Turkey or uh, maybe the world who's watching along. And yeah, just like Yasin mentioned, it's, I mean, we're already incentivized as fans to buy merch and, you know, rep our club. But yeah, these purchases are pretty... You really have to hesitate about buying them. Of course, just like mentioned before, financial means can differ, but I think it's really good that they do it. And on the auction, uh, for the people uh, who don't know that yet, but it's not just Galsai merch they sell. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about it. Like, for example, you can also buy... Uh, a jersey worn by Ronaldinho, signed by him as well. Stuff like that, which... I mean, you help both parties. You help and the fans, who would maybe like these um, one-of-a-kind items. And the proceeds go to the earthquake. Uh, I mean, to the organizations who uh, participate in this. So, is there really anything bad to say about it? I don't think so. I think it's really class by them. And I applaud them for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a class act, man. They were even selling Volkan Demiraz jersey. They were auctioning that off. Yes, I was literally about you know, to say that. Emma, go ahead. No, it's 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 nice to see that, you know, we can come together as a country, right? Without having, mm-hmm. you know, without putting any politics or anything in it just to help out victims of this of of this disaster essentially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, and we can like we can even invite this player, Volkan Demiral, who, you know, I ask any Galatasaray fan, they all would say he's a, you know, a bear, we hate him and whatnot, but really it goes to show you life, there's more to life than outside what happens in soccer, in football, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to see that these things can happen, these little things that lead to bigger outcomes can happen. And it's nice to see, like, um, one one thing I do want to point out is it's not just the Galatasaray club, it's actually the pe- the people we have the players, Dries Mertens and uh, his wife, Catherine Kirchhoff, are going to host the SMS campaign for the earthquake reliefs in Belgium. Okay, so, and, and you know, it's, it does, this club in its roots, in its players, it just has this quality, man, just wanting to do good, be the role model, like Yasin said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, Anything else you guys got, you know, on your minds that you guys want to talk about before we head into the game? Um, we could talk about Patrick van Aanholt reaching an agreement with PSV uh, that his loan will be extended until yeah. the 2023-2024 season. 
Um, yeah, it's it's just a loan that works out for both parties. It's it's a bit a bit sad that we just can't get a fee out of it. But on the other hand, he does hold a very valuable foreigner spot. He earns quite a lot um, if you compare to the rest of the squad. So. I would say I would thank him for his services, thank him for the game that we always mention that we went to uh, in Istanbul with the boys here. Um, but yeah, in the end, I think it's a good deal. What what else can I say about it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think about it? I I mean, I'm, I'm I don't care. But yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I mean. Like you said, Sally, uh, I think some people are going to be a little bit upset we didn't get a fee out of this. Whenever there's a sale, the first thing people think about and ask is how much? How much money did we just get for this player? You know, it's mm -hmm. not everything is going to be about generating additional revenue. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more strategic about it. Uh, as you said, Van Aanholt is a pricey player. You know, he, he's getting old. Uh, he had good moments with us, but... He doesn't really have a place in this team given the the foreigner limit and now the options that we have at left back and um you know we have cosm john coming up and who knows maybe there might be other players that we'd be interested in the future where we can't really afford to give an unhold an opportunity to play we've loaned him to a dutch club that he's played with in the past i'm pretty sure he's played with psv before and i think it, it seems like they're happy with him and i don't know how that's possible but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think we 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 saw the opportunity, and there was probably ongoing communication. Where listen, if you're happy with him, mm -hmm. let let's let's settle this right away. If you want to keep him again next season under similar terms, where you pay a hundred percent or seventy or fifty percent of his wages, we'll accept it. Let's just get it out of the way. And one of the nice things about doing this nice and early before the transfer window even finishes or starts next year is you can start your plans accordingly. I think this goes to what we talked about last week where we're looking at what we're going to do next window as soon as this last window finishes. We're already building the the team and what we want to do. We're, we're thinking about it. We're, we're negotiating with teams and players, you know, whether that's for contract negotiations, extensions with maybe Sacha Bowie, which has been rumored before, or whether that's with PSG and Icardi and keeping him next season. Um, and you know, a guy like Van Aanholt, this is not something where you want to risk leaving until the end of the window because God forbid he gets injured. God forbid he goes through a terrible form. Nobody's going to want then he's him. stuck in your hands. Then he's stuck in your hand. And then you have to go through the whole yeah. process of paying a complete, you know, paying all the salary just to get rid of him so he can go wherever he wants mm -hmm. for free. So it's good that we got this done and out of the way. For the people that are upset that we didn't get a fee, which I don't think we did, because not only did we not announce a fee, none of our reliable sources mentioned one, that's A-OK, -okay. especially when you consider the amounts of money that we're rumored to get for our other players. This is going to look like a drop in the bucket of what we potentially can get in the summer, so totally fine. I'm, I'm glad we parted ways, because when I found out we loaned him for one season and that we had another season left with him... I was like, oh god, this guy might actually come back. <laughs> so that's that's not that's not longer a worry. <laughs> and what do we do with him then, right? Because yeah. he comes back, what do we do? Like, do we just uh, pull a Linas, just put him on the bench, and I don't know, make some fans feel sad about him that he doesn't play? Like, it'll be a problem. It's it's good that we indeed uh, have a grand strategy in mind and already have this sorted out. He'll be a goner by the end of next year. Uh, yeah, which is fine. In, I think everyone's books. I think you actually... Yeah, if someone actually... Go ahead, Amir. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, if actually, if anyone actually watches him play, please let us know mm-hmm. in, you know, Twitter, on Twitter, why PSV decided <laughs> to uh, extend his contract. I would love to know the because the, uh, I, I can't stomach <laughs> the second or the reason to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> if I would have to make an assumption, I actually, even though I live here, I don't follow the Eredivisie that much. But Well, uh, there you I, go. See, you don't even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I used to when I was a kid. I did follow Pacefield when I was really young, but those were the times with like players like Koku, uh, Alex, uh, Arunakuni, Fofa. Like, they, they were a very long time ago. I think that was like 2005, five, six. Um, but from what I remember from Pacefield is that they're a very young team mm-hmm. and also like ultra attacking. So I think the reason why they just got him is basically to just have experience in the back. Um, and even though we might not find him as suitable going forward. Vanessa Roy probably has something in his mind where he does work out. Because when I look at the statistics, he actually, his performances don't even look that bad. Looks pretty decent. He had assist not too long ago too. Um, so so we just cursed with Dutch players. Is that what it is? <laughs> Halil, Van Aanholt. I mean, Halil Except is, uh, Snyder, uh, but you know, but in, in recent times, just seems okay, like Dutch... Okay, okay. Players with like Dutch roots. It's just not working out for us. Schneider was basically Turkish when he was here, anyways. And all that. He was making he was on commercials eating Lama, Junchi, Kefte, drinking Turkish soda. All the kebabs. Turn him into a Turk. (laughs) (laughs) He was basically Turkish. He started playing the Kemon as well. He was playing the Kemon at one point. Oh my god, that was legendary. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> All right, lads. I think I think it's time to talk about the main uh, dish today. You know, since we're talking a lot about food, <laughs> golf said I game <laughs> we played at home. Kasim Pasha one nil was the final score line, uh, and the goal was scored by our none other than uh, Nicolo Zaniolo, our recent transfer. Our recent transfer. We had a lot of suspicions when he came here. Would he play? Is he injury prone? Is he here for, you know, just to lay back and just chill? No, this kid is actually going off. And I love to see it. Who wants to take us in? Yeah, to uh, the game? I'll, I'll start. So, of course, before we get into Zaniolo, just to set the scene a little bit, uh, we played Custom Pusha today. And not only did we play Custom Pusha, we played our old, very familiar captain, Satrik Inan. Um, he is now, for yeah. those who don't know, he is a coach of Kasim Pasha. And they, they actually made some moves uh, this past window. But looks like he's got a little team going over there. Um, but we'll start with the most important team, and that's ours. Uh, our lineup consists of Musleta, who returned from injury. I mean, if you think about it. This what did I say about it? What did I say? You said the injury was not going to be as bad as the rest of us thought. And thank God you turned out right, man. Because when he got injured and he got stretched off that last game, I was like... Oh, God. I said he'd be back in a month. Yep. and that, Maybe a month and a half. And that's exactly and, what well, happened. Well, he played today. Yeah. So, Musleta, our captain, started and keep. Um, on the right side, obviously, Sacha Bowie, Victor Nelson, Abdulkerim Bardakche. And then we had our new guy, Sam, play left back. And again, for those who don't know, he counted as a Turk, or I should say an additional foreigner, which was allowed. So, normally, we're allowed to have eight. Now we can play nine after the earthquake for the rest of the season. Um, in the midfield, we had Lucas Torreira, Sergio Oliveira. Uh, on the wings, we had Yunus Akgün and Kerem. 
In the middle, we had Juan Mata as Martins is out with injury. And up top, we had Mauro Cardi. Now, this lineup, uh, a lot of people had some different formulas going on in their mind ahead of the week. Uh, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of hype, impatience. You know, we were out last week when everybody else was playing. We're the most informed team in the league. And we just broke the record for now 14 games in a row. Did you guys expect this lineup today? Emre, maybe start with you. What, what do you think of the no, lineup? No, I was... When this lineup came out, I, I didn't feel good. Like, there was something, you know, when you get pain in your stomach, where it's just like <laughs> this dread feeling? Yeah. Because <laughs> I knew from the get-go that this team would be a little... Let's just say it would be bulldozed by Custom Because Custom Pasha is a very physical team. You can see... When they came out from the gates, they were pressing. They were like literally mauling our players down. And Mata, look, Mata is is Mata. Mata has history, but I think he's just out of it. And like starting him along with Yunus, both very fragile players against this very physical custom pusher really kept us from attacking, mm. from doing anything because... Let's just be honest. I don't know if Keta, I'm, I'm sorry, not Keta, Yunus is just the friendly kid who, like, he shows up only to play friendlies because I don't know what it was. He just could not get past any of Custom Pasha's players, any of them. I, I, he did not make one single dribble past one player because I don't, like, physically, he just doesn't have that capability. It just, that's what it looks like from, you know, the naked eye. Mm. And so, what I was hoping was for him to start with Nicole Zaniolo. I understand he didn't start with him because Zaniolo didn't have that match fitness going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rashidza would have been a better option then. But then you have the uh, idea of, you know, who's going to play in the midfield, you know? But today, what I saw was Rashidza actually has some sort of capability to, to hold down in the midfield. Because what we ha we saw is in the second half, both uh, Mata, Mata got subbed for an injury. It was expected. He just could not keep up with the pace and the physicality. And you see, he got strained with some injury. He mm -hmm. got off. And Yunus got subbed off uh, after the 45th minute. Yeah. And you see us starting to get some rhythm going once we have some physical players like Rashidza who can hold the ball, dribble, pass, do something, and Zaniolo. So I think the, the, the starting XI was definitely off from Okonhoja. But I, I like he was experienced enough to see that okay, this is not going to work out. Let me change something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's what I have to say, Sally. If you want to take it from there, put your two cents into it. I think. I think if I I'm going to speak for Yasin too. I think no one expected this lineup. Not that it's like uh, completely wild or anything, but I I just wasn't expecting. Like, for example, Mata to start. Like, in, in my lineup, in my head, I was expecting, for example, Kazumjan to start on the left. He's been back from injury. He's been, you know, on the bench for quite some time. And I would say he's our first choice left back, even though he's really young. But he didn't start. But Sam, okay, you know, we'll have to see how he is. Uh, but then up front, I was more so expecting uh, maybe a bit... Uh, course hoping that he would start with Zaniolo in the 10 and then Rashica on the right mm -hmm. with Kerem being on the left. That's what I expected with Icardi obviously on top. Uh, what we did get just like you mentioned is just Mata which I was most uh, surprised by as in I just don't think he's really a starter. He's just like you mentioned before he's not really a physical player you can't really 
keep up. And due to him being injured, Yunus had to suddenly play in the 10, which, just like you which mentioned before Which he lost well, completely at that he, point. He couldn't because any time he got the ball, he pretty much just turned around and passed it back. He didn't really try to go forward because he wasn't comfortable with doing that. So, on Yunus, I don't know if it's um, him being repositioned, what made him, like, not play that well, or just him not being, you know, uh, at the races today. Yeah, uh, but that, that's just yeah, that's the analogy I got uh, from our lineup and how it worked out in the first half. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, do you think? Okay, yeah, lastly, what I wanted to say, it uh, also the first half or this game in general just really rem- reminded me of how we started the season in general. Mm. Like we we were, we had the ball, we were the more dominant side. And I never really felt threatened by... Uh, I, want, I want to say Cedric. I don't know why I specifically want to name him. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really threatened by Kasim Pasha. But I also didn't really see us scoring. We missed so many like shots again. We only had like two or three on target. Yeah. The first one came, I think, only about in the 30th minute. Then the mm-hmm. crowd got a bit wild. But That know. was Torreira's first shot like exactly. at the goal. I don't think it, hit, it was on target, but it was like the first shot at all. Mm-hmm. That seemed dangerous. Mm-hmm. to begin with so a whole uh, mouthful but uh, yeah Yasin <laughs> no one to you what, what what did you make of it I just like you guys I mean I, I don't think anybody can really disagree <laughs> with it Juan Mata starting today was a big shocker for me um, and I think and, why and, 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 what has why was what, it a shock what, to you what has he proven so far whether that's during the league, our last 13-game stretch in the preseason, or even just the recent friendlies heading into this game in the last month, what has he really proven to say that I should start today in maybe what's supposed to be an easy game, which, of course, I think uh, we maybe got ahead of ourselves too, but... Oh, yeah, definitely. You're, you're coming back from a long stretch, and it's it's never going to be an easy game. Of course, as fans, we start to think 5, 6, 7, nothing the night before just from the pure excitement. Zaniolo <laughs> added to that as well. We start saying, well, he scored a hat trick, this, that. You get excited. But nowhere in anybody's mind was Juan Mata because he just has not proved anything. And the only reason why I can think that he starts Juan Mata is because he is... In theory, the next guy in the pecking order and that position that actually has familiarity with that position to play it. You know, there were rumors we we, we tried Zaniolo in practice this week at number 10. There were rumors we tried Yunus and that the coach was going to make a decision between the two. So in our minds, and it made sense, one of them was going to start in the midfield at 10 and the other was going to start on the wing. And neither one of them okay. happened. And I, Emre, I think you made a great point about, you know, the physical differences, the size and strength of Juan Mata, add to that Yunus Akun. You know, the two of them combined together, just it, it lacked that extra strength, that extra push when we needed it, especially with how Kasim Pasha ended up playing, which again, you couldn't really say it's a surprise. They just sat back. No, they, they didn't come to play at all, bro. I none, and I hate to see that. Sometimes I understand it. You know, these coaches, they football terrorism. It's football <laughs> terrorism, and you know they're they're concerned about staying in the league, and I understand it. They 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 tell themselves the only way that I'm going to get points against teams like Galsai 
is that I have to make sure that they don't score. That because likely I'm not going to score, and we saw that they were barely a threat in the attack. And the only times that they did attack was probably because we were caught sleeping and so worried about trying to penetrate their last their last line of defense. But you know, it's it's hard to see. It's not great to see that. You know, you you see coaches like Farioli at Alanya Spore, who most of the time like to play attacking football. Sometimes his team got absolutely wrecked because of it. Alanya Spore was a funny team. They they either play really nice football and they win three four nothing, or they you know they bring games to a, you know a close call. Or they just get destroyed, and they get destroyed because they they try to play attacking, and they just don't have the players to play that type of football. And but you got to respect the coach for trying, right? He's trying to play football. You respect that. What Satrick did today, it's it's very difficult to respect. It is a nice way of putting it. But um, I, I also want to call out Yunusakun because you both mentioned him. The guy that he played against, so he's playing right wing. And when you play right wing, you play against the left back of the other team. The left back of Kasim Pasha is 16-year-old Yasin Özcan. <laughs> 16 years old. Not to discredit the kid. He looks really good. He scored a freaking banger like a month or two ago. I forget against what team. The kid looks good. He looks promising. He makes me want to say we should get him and compete with Kazim John at left back position next season. But that doesn't mean that Yunus Akun should be zero threat against a player of that caliber and experience. Yunus Akun looked lost on that side. And in, and in forums, you know, I see people saying that, you know, Yunus Akun had to switch to number 10, a position he's not familiar with. Before he switched, he didn't look good. After he didn't look good. The problem is for me, and I'm curious what you guys think about it too, because I really do want to spend a little time talking about Yunus Akun today. Because for me, I had a lot of expectations for a long time about Yunus Akun. After today, I, not to say I lost hope. I, I never want to lose hope on anybody that quickly, but I'm, I'm actually kind of concerned now because this is the opportunity the coach is giving it to you. We just brought Zaniolo. You have Kerem. You have Barish Alper, who's been working his ass off to get minutes in this team. You have Rashidza, who's a pretty damn good winger, even though some people might disagree. And the coach plays you. He says, Yunus, we don't even need you on the field as a Turk, but I'm still going to play you because, you know, he's, he's done decent performances in the friendlies. He starts him. He gives him the opportunity to prove himself at home. And he does not look interested today. You know, a lot of the time he's walking. Like, you know how like Arda Turan has like that popular like walk with his hands and shoulders wide. Like he's the, like the Adam on the field. Yunus Akin <laughs> does that. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I hate it so much, by the way. Yunus Akin does this on the field. I'm like, Yunus, I love you. You're a child of Galatasaray, a youth product. And we have, everybody has high expectations from you. You played incredible at Adana Demispor last season. Good for you. But this is, you need to step it up. Like, I'm, I, he was slow in making decisions today. I don't know. I I just was not convinced with his performance today. And he can do 180 next game and play really good. But what did you guys think of Yunus Akun? Like, did you guys, were you guys disappointed as much as me? Or do you think I'm being harsh? Look, look, if every game was a friendly, Yunus would go for 100 million euros, Len. Okay. <laughs> but it's not. It's not a friendly. You're you're playing against Kusum Pasha. It's not the best team in the world. You're playing against a 16-year-old left back. All right, he's doing well, but you're Yunus Akin. You slayed last season at Adana Demirspor. So what's the problem? What this tells me is 
you're not confident. You can't handle that jersey that you're wearing. Abijim, what is so hard about making a pass straight in front of you? What is so hard about taking the ball and like slightly dribbling it towards the goal? Mm. What is so hard? If Budish um, iPad can do it, and I'm one of his biggest critics, why can't you? You, you, you have all this expectations. I get it. There's pressure on you to perform, but to get lost in the game, just not even exist, not take any like responsibility onto yourself to perform is, is, is a shame. It's a shame of what we expect from you. It's a shame of what you have to offer. In the beginning of the season, we were slamming Kerem. We were saying, oh, he doesn't have that skill ceiling that uh, Yunus Akyun has. Mm-hmm. You know what? Kerem looked like damn messy today, bro. Did you see the passes <laughs> he gave half. to Icardi? Incredible. In yeah. that first half? Incredible. Bro, Kerem tries, bro. Kerem takes responsibility like a captain, like a yes. true player of yes. Even though he knows that, oh, if I screw up here, I'm going to get flamed more than anyone else on his team, despite me trying the hardest. Yeah. Yet, Yunus doesn't take any responsibility, always plays a safe option, doesn't try to mm-hmm. go and, you know, track back and do anything. And, bro, you have no, like, you, your wing consists of Torreira and Bowie. You have these players on your side of the wing, and you can't do anything. Meanwhile, Keram is stuck with Oliveira and a new left back every other game, but yet he's able to do something. Why can't you do anything? Yeah. Please explain this to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to like lose confidence and hope in him, but I like today I'm, re- I'm like, like, like with you, I'm coming to the realization is that he just can't handle Galserai. Like the pressure is too much for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's just scared of taking on pressure. It's it's just uh, like when when a player underperforms, I would say like the first, maybe a bit uh, generous, but like the first four or five games, you'll be like, okay, maybe it's just not being used correctly, right? Maybe there's some talents that we just haven't seen yet. But once it gets beyond that point, you start to take responsibility as a player. And just like you mentioned before, he just looked just so down. And the weird part for me is mostly, he's a youth product. We're playing at home after what, a month and a week mm-hmm. um, of not having a single game? We're actually in a very good run. There's no reason to be not excited. But he he just didn't show it. He had no fire, no... It's just nothing going on. And therefore, he was also rightly subbed off uh, after the first half. Um, yeah. That's, that's what I had to add on that. Um, not much more else to say. You guys already... Uh, Hit the nail on the head? No, actually, I don't know the saying, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically that. That's what S- I. Sale, what do you th- what do you think of you know the change that we did make? You know, so Yunus was brought to the midfield uh, when Juan Mata got mm-hmm. injured, and then Rashica came on early and he took that right wing spot from Yunus. But what do you think of Rashica's performance? Not just the rest of that half, but the rest of the game as our right winger. Did you notice a difference in? how we attacked and the performance that we got from the right side before and after Rashica. What'd you think of that? I think it was a massive difference. Rashica added, I think he was actually probably our best sub, even though he didn't score. Uh, I I also know he played for the longest, of course, but he looked really on. Like, this is basically what you wanted to see from Yunus from the beginning. He was really direct. Mm -hmm. um, And... I mean, what else can I say? He, of course, assisted the goal as well, but he looked really good. 
Uh, I, so he's not even I playing wished, in his real position. I know he's, he should be on the left, but the thing I wish with Rosicca, and I think that's the main criticism with uh, most fans, is I wish these performances were just a tad bit more consistent. Because mm. if so, we we got a world beater. He, he looked really good today. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have really any criticism on him uh, for today. Like Yunus, how think? can you like how can Yunus not see what Rashitsa's doing and say that, oh, this is what I gotta do? How can you not track back and try to help Bowie? Bro, you know how many times I saw Rashitsa going back to help Bowie? Mm-hmm. Or when Bowie was caught out of place, Rashitsa was there in his place. Where, where where are you, Yunus? What are you doing, bro? Yeah. Do you wanna go back and be an Anadolu player? Is that where you wanna be? Is that where you set your sights? Cause that's where you des- like deserve to be. Not in Europe playing at some of the best clubs. No, you you deserve to be a first player. I mean, not to like, you know, look down on Adana Demirspor or whatever on adult teams. But like as a Galsaray player, if I was a Galsaray player, I would strive to be the best and try to, you know, go to Europe. Right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know what I, mean? I would want to do club, do good at this club and try to get, you know, because going, yeah, going down from Galsaray is kind of like, Spit in the face to us because, like, bro, come on, you made it here. We investing time into you because we thought you have the the potential, right? But that doesn't mean you know players from Anadolu teams are bad, right? Because who do we get from Anadolu clubs, Konyaspor, that actually put in an insane performance today? Mm. Up to Kedim, up to fucking Kedim, or Tank, <laughs> dude. Up to Kedim is on crack. I don't know what happened to him. But he's on crack today. The, the, who was it against? Was it against Koita? Koita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his 1v1 against Koita where he sprinted and like pushed him off the ball. And the whole stadium went wild, man. Wild. That, that, that stadium was put half to sleep. But that whole like, you know, <laughs> action there fired everyone up. Yeah. That was insane. Look at this, man. This is what you need to be doing. Working hard. Everyone was thinking, oh, what are we going to do without Marka? What are we going to do without Marka? I haven't thought about Markow for a single second. Hell yeah. A single second for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 games. Okay? That's what you need to be doing, Eunice. You have to make me not think about other players. You know, you have to make me not think about, you know, oh, I wish uh, Rashidza was playing or Zaniolo was playing right now. Up to kid him. Saya, up to kid him was your man. Yeah, man. For your homework. <laughs> It was. I'm. I'm really happy it's paying off. <laughs> he's. He's been besides the what was it, the second game where he had a very big error. I think it was Girasun, right? Girasun, yeah, that was our only well. loss at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, he's been just really rock solid. And like you mentioned before, I don't miss Marco at all. Um, okay, of course you miss him a bit because he was a bit of a dog himself. You know, he uh, <laughs> he liked to hype the fans up. But he was really good defending, going forward. Uh, bro, at some moments, he was like uh, at the opponent's corner. So I was like, wait, what the hell is he doing over here? He's like further up than Sam in this case. Um, but he's like the complete package. I, I like him so much. Um, uh, what else can I say about him? His long balls, tackles, passing. His technique actually, surprisingly, is pretty good for center back too. Yeah, I don't feel that like uh, worried when he's on the ball. Unlike Sam, I know he hasn't done anything wrong in my opinion today. Like he, 
had a pretty okay game. Mm. But still, when he's on the ball, I feel Loki pretty worried. He doesn't look good on the ball. Mm-hmm. Up to Kerem, on the other hand, looks really steady. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to approach him if I was an attacker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just just to add on to that, you know, I'm glad you brought up Sam and Abdul Kerim in the same sentence. Abdul Kerim, th- there were a few times where he was going down the left side with the ball, dribbling, doing his thing, and he was just not left with a lot of options to pass. And he, sometimes he lost the ball. Sometimes he tried to he forced an extra dribble when he didn't need to, and he lost the ball because of it. And, you know, some people might call it out, you know, if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, he maybe lost more balls than usual. But I tie that to the chemistry or lack of chemistry between him and Sam. And that leads to my criticism of Sam. And, you know, I think we should talk about it, too. It's his first game today, official game. He started. um, And, you know, Okan Buruk coach after the game said, you know, he, he played pretty decent defensively. He did what we expected. And offensively, I believe he said he's going to, you know, we're going to figure it out. He was not bad, you know, something like that. But it's, you can tell like the runs he makes, the way he gets back, the, you know, the bindirme, you know, the runs, overlapping runs that he (laughs) makes, you know, they they didn't feel quality. It just isn't it. You know, Summit during the game, uh, he made a comment about it saying like, you can tell he's just not the same quality as everybody else. And it's 100% true. Uh, he's he's definitely an outlier. You know, we criticize Yunus as much as we just did, rightfully so. I agree with everything Emery just said. And, you know, maybe he was a bit harsh. I don't think he was harsh. I think Yunus deserves the criticism he just got. But still, like Sam, even though he didn't play a bad game, he stuck out even more to me because he just didn't feel right there. And maybe mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a matter of time. Maybe Sam will figure it out. He's he has to figure out his relationship with Abdulkadem. He has to figure out his relationship with whoever's playing on the left wing, the midfield. Maybe he'll figure it out. But I wasn't that convinced. You know, I I wouldn't be upset if he doesn't play. I, I wouldn't be upset if Kazem John plays over him. I think Kazem John should play over him if he's healthy. But I didn't really love his performance, and I think, you know, Abdul Kerem could have played even better if he had maybe Leo Dubois on the left side, which I think should be the case next week. But what what did you guys think of Sam? Were you happy? Were you, were you think it's okay, given it's his first game? You know, you guys have any thoughts I mean, on that? I just mentioned it, but exactly the same as you. Like, he didn't do anything wrong, really, but just the eye test, it just didn't pass it. It looks so, not extremely clumsy, it's so weird to put it. Um, he looked it just, uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it looked off to me, really off. Like, oh, the ball's coming to me, shit, what do I do, what do I do? Uh, okay, I'll do this, and the ball is just, like, a simple ball that's getting passed to him, he'll either, like, mess it up and it goes out into, you know, touch you know, like a throw-in, mm-hmm. or it's like, somehow, some way, the, the custom pusher player goes around him and ends up with the ball when it, he should have had the ball like easily, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like my question is, do, do you guys, like does he make you miss Van Aanholt, for example? Would you keep, keep him over Van Aanholt? <laughs> if he was also considered a Turk in this case, right? Yes, let's say he was. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say, it's just one game. Um. But 
Actually, that's really difficult to answer. But I, I would then probably take Van Aanholt, I would say, if he's also considered uh, sort of as a Turk. Just because of his CV, right? That's my only reason. Because I haven't seen enough of Sam. I know he played at, I think, yeah, at Hatay. But I didn't really follow him that much. I know John really uh, finds him, uh, you know, dog water, but... I'm, yeah, I'm with him <laughs> on that one. Yeah, so far, he's correct. Uh, but I would probably keep Van Aanholt. Uh, but just because of the experience. Yeah. Uh, that's my only reason. If he doesn't go forward, again, we all know that, right? If he doesn't have to deliver a ball or give that final pass. See, 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 all right. Defensively, he's pretty decent. It's just going forward. He's Are you talking about Sam or Van Aanholt? Van Aanholt in this case. Hmm. Van Aanholt. You know, it's interesting Look, you say that. it's his first game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to give him some more time. But yeah. I do... I Honestly, I was expecting Dubois to play today, Austin. I don't know why... Sampled. Me too. Um, me too. You know, you didn't, given the rest of our starters, you know, from a Turkish point of view, we had Kerem, Yunus, and Abdul Kerem. You didn't need to say, play Sam. I, I actually am fine with him starting because he's a new player and you want to figure it out now rather than later. You know, and that was kind of like a trial period for the coach and our team, you know. He needs to... It's and Pasha at home. He needs to, you know, Salih made a good point. It felt like the beginning of the season. In a way, it is. After a month, almost a month and a half of not playing, you need with the new additions that we have, even though it's not a lot, you know, people's forms have changed um, naturally because it's been so long, but also because it's midway point of the season. Um, mm-hmm. He needs to figure out that starting 11 again. And I think today, as much as it was... A difficult game. It wasn't a fun game to watch. It was a butt clenching oh, game. Definitely very not. stressful. <laughs> we almost lost two points today. Um, it was not fun, but I think it was a very good game for Okan and his assistants to take lessons from. Not that they made mistakes. I, I don't. I don't think Okan necessarily made any mistakes today. Maybe apart from Mata. Even that, I understand why he did what he did. But there's a lot that we learned today. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of that is Sam. Um, And, you know, it showed, again, just as much as we saw how important Mertens is to our midfield. That's what I was going to say. I think you saw how important Leo Dubois makes of a difference on the left side in our attack. Um, And if we don't need to play Sam in that left back position because of the Turkish rule... And let's accept it. That's why he's here. Um, then you play Leo Dubois. And I think Leo Dubois will mm-hmm. continue to play as long as there is that room on the team, on the squad for initial foreigner. Um, the only people that's going to cut him in that foreigner rule is going to be, you know, making decision between him and Rashica, him and, you know, Zaniolo, if he's fit, um, him and, you know, Basically, the rest of the guys are all pretty much guaranteed. So, um, yeah, big big difference. Big difference. I, I think we could have really done a much better job in the attack if we had a better left back uh, with an attacking mindset. There were many times where Sam could have just take that ball, play the ball quickly forward or take a dribble or so, and he didn't. He played it safe. But again, that might just be because his first game. So time will tell. No need right. to be harsh on that. But it is worth pointing out that he didn't look great, but uh, not that big of a deal. But but again, he's he's just a squad player, right? I I don't expect him to be starting uh, every yeah. game from now on. Anyway, That's he'll true. just come on for like the last few minutes just to see the game out. 
that's how I see it. Uh, that's also why it's interesting why he started because no one expected it. But there you go. Um, right. Yeah. Moving maybe on. on. To, uh, maybe on to a different player. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say it wasn't only Sam that was you know kind of underperforming today. We saw the midfield kind of underperform today as well with the lack of creativity. Mm. You know, because the only creativity we saw today was mainly from Yunus, at least for the first half. Um, we saw how crucial Mertens is to this team. And that's why I've been asking for a backup for Mertens. Because I don't see anyone on this team that can like straight up replace him. Not replace him, but back him up if need be for situations like this when he's not available. And you see it. You know, because who would you think, you know, oh, that guy, he'll do fine. No, there's not a single person. Mata, no, not for me. Zaniolo, I'd rather have him on the wing because that's where he usually plays. But he is said to be able to play in the midfield. And um, Sergio, okay, so there's a lot of people that are divided between him playing good today and him playing bad. For me, he was like sort of in the middle. Uh, Salih. What do you think about the midfield today in general, Torreira, uh, lack of Mertens playing, and Sergio in particular? Um, Mertens has been mentioned before. I think that's a huge miss. The amount of work Mertens puts in compared to Mata is just like night and day. Uh, be defensively, building up, going forward. So that was already the biggest miss, but we already mentioned that. Um, and he's 35 just, this kid this guy's 35 this kid yeah exactly oh I have to cough <clears throat> so okay but our two defensive options Sergio and Torreira I think the Torreira one is a bit less controversial I just think he also didn't have a great game um, normally sweeps everything around and again not that we were uh, we were really on the back foot but his impact on the game just wasn't as big. I think his biggest impact uh, to me was just, well, having the first shot on target, one of three, um, to rile the fans up a bit, create some hype, some momentum. Um, because after that shot, we actually did go for it uh, quite hard. We did pressure them more. But Sergio, to, I, I'm in the same situation as you. Uh, as in, I think defensively, today... He put in more work. He was more solid in that way. Um, and in his ability to switch play, be it from you know starting in the right position and giving it long to the left or vice versa, he also did that pretty fine. But just there wasn't a ball directly going forward, if that makes sense. No real through ball. No, no real direct offensive action that he took. Things that we were expecting from Oliveira to exactly. do. Exactly. He just wasn't really uh, up front, you know, uh, present up front, which I find really strange, again, because we were having the ball that much. And yes, Kasimpach were playing really compact with nine in the back and having like Koita up front, basically waiting for some type of long ball. But it, it was just a weird match for him. Overall, I would still uh, consider it being below average. Uh, I think he could contribute a lot more, especially because to me, I don't rate Oliveira for his defensive work or like his defensive qualities. I rate him more for his offensive uh, qualities. And today it was vice versa, which is just really odd and bizarre to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If, if, yeah. If, right. If, I mean, 
So just to add on to that, I I understand this might be a controversial discussion because I've I've read, you know, similar to what Emmer said starting off, he said I don't know if it was a good or a bad or average performance. It was it was a confusing because Sergio is a player that you expect to put in an excellent attacking performance, you know, shots, crosses, through balls. And what he's weak at, or normally known to be weak at, is his defensive performance is getting back, helping out, making challenges, winning the ball back. Today, I thought he did a pretty damn good job in getting back, at least compared to his average self that we've seen so far this season. But I wanted and expected a little bit more of a performance in our attack. I thought he did an excellent job switching the ball today, many, many times. His, his you know, the way that he would take the ball from the right corner, right back corner of the field <laughs> and switch at the top left corner was insane. You know, those passes were lasers. He passes to Bowie. They were like perfect sometimes. And that's great. That's great. But when a team like Kasim Pasha is laying back and inviting you to attack them, naturally your striker and your wingers and your utmost attacking midfielder, whether that's, you know, Yunus... Mata or Rachitza, they all alternate in that position. They're going to have the most pressure and the least space to move. Who's going to have the most time is going to be your deeper midfielders. That's Torreira and that's going to be Sergio. You know, obviously you're going to have your backs with more space too because they're a little bit deeper and on, on the wings. But, you know, that's when Sergio can kind of shine. And he has an excellent shot. We all know this, right? I would expect him to take a little bit more shots today. I would expect him to find those through balls over the defender's head who Icardi's always making runs. Our wingers are always making runs. But I didn't really see that. He, the long balls mm-hmm. he played was good, but they were, they were balls played under little pressure and a lot of time and a lot of space. So I expected if that's his strength, he'll do a good job in it. But It didn't lead to anything. It, it didn't really balls. lead to much mm-hmm. because you play the ball across and then the defenders shift and... Then, you know, you're supposed to get into the empty space, but you're all the way in the back making the long ball across. And, you know, it's where are we now? You know, we're just on the other side of the field now. So I expected more movement. And that's not just on Sergio either. You know, this is this is as a result of not having Martins. You know, we just talked about his importance. I think that created more responsibility for Sergio in a way too. So I understand he didn't have his best performance, but I still expected better. And some of his free kicks were just awful. I mean, you know, positions where you think, okay, Sergio is going to whip in a nice cross and we have Icardi, we have, you know, uh, Abdul Kedem, we have Nelson that are aerial threats. These balls are not nowhere near them. Like, I, the only one threat that he had from a free kick was a bullet towards the end of the game that went right past everybody and then to the side. That's the only one that looked kind of threatening. But even then, I expected a better, either a better shot on target or a cross that a, our player can actually get onto. So, I don't know. Statistically, uh, I believe he did well. <laughs> I think his his <laughs> I think his rating was pretty good today. Um, I don't I don't want anybody to misunderstand us. And you know, I I get it if you think he had a great game, but I I think he's played better in the past. And you know, I'll I'll stick to that thought. I I thought he could have played better. It's, it's Sergio is a weird character, man. It's either he does really well attacking and really like dog water and defense, or and and now vice, vice versa. versa. Now maybe if instead of Cedric Inan, it was his old manager uh, Julian Lapetegui, and uh, you know managing, maybe he would have played <laughs> even better. 
try to prove a point. <laughs> and for those who don't know, his old manager, Julian, um, is responsible for leaving him in the stands. And there is where he met his current wife. So, you know, <laughs> there's some like uh, <laughs> bad blood there. Yeah. But yeah, you guys put. Yeah. No, go ahead. What yeah, were you Sergio. Say? Go ahead. No, I was yeah, no, say I was... like. Oh, wait, you go first, uh, Emine. If you guys have more to add about Sergio Oliveira, go ahead. I only wanted to say uh, on the stats thing. The, the the thing, of course, of stats, which makes it uh, sometimes hard. Because, yeah, like Yasin mentioned, if you if you weren't able to watch the game and you just check, I don't know, FOTMOB, SofaScore, those types of apps. His rating is pretty damn high, actually. Uh, it's the highest in the team, if I may say so, with an 8.2. Undeserved. <laughs> the problem, however, of course, is, uh, I mean... Stats, I mean, they just add metrics. They don't really take into account what his role is supposed to be. If they just see, oh, he does, I don't know, X amount of tackles. Oh, that's good. Even though that's maybe not his job. If he did do it, his rating will be a bit inflated. And yeah, the, the thing that we just want Sergio for in this game particularly, because it only ended 1-0, is just some end product. And it wasn't there. So therefore, uh, yeah, it's like I, mean, I just said, a bit unjustified. There, there was no end on. product from him nor was there any end product from Icardi today I was kind of surprised with his performance today not that he's a terrible player no obviously not like he still played really well for his position but it's not the same Icardi that we're used to right who gets those like he usually gets like one chance and he'll just like score that like by any means but today Kedam gave him like two good opportunities to score mm -hmm. um in the corners that Kerem... Kerem has gotten great at passing. I don't know what the hell happened to him. But he started, like, like lasering these passes onto Icardi. Like, they're, like, magnetized to each other somehow, some way these <laughs> days. Low balls. Yeah. They Yo, just it's just like... The field. <laughs> as soon as Kerem gets the ball, he's, like, automatically locks on Icardi like a, a guidance missile. Uh, like, he's just <laughs> constantly thinking of Icardi. I don't know what's going on. He's like trying to pay some depth or something. This like Cardi have him by the balls. Like you got to make <laughs> me score, bud. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, no. Kerem is just constantly trying to find Cardi, And he did. God saw today. Everyone saw. Kerem played really well. First half. Got to give it to him. But Icardi, man. Um, I, yeah. did see with, I did see with Icardi. Uh, it's reminded me of when we had Falcao. When he did play, actually. Uh, Occasionally, he did come pretty damn deep to receive the ball. Like, realizing he didn't get any service. I did see Icardi dropping down, like, really deep into the midfield to actually, like, get a ball to, like, a 1-2 quickly, or, like, uh, laid off again. Um, that wasn't a good sign. Of course, they're playing really deep, and it's hard for him to receive a ball. But uh, hopefully he can uh, stay a bit higher up that we are able to create the chances for him so he can do more. Yeah, that's everyone has off days, right, Yasin? Yeah, of course. That's, that's a good point, Sally. Uh, you know, he dropped in to the midfield, and that actually didn't happen until he realized Mata is kind of useless in that role. And you know, <laughs> may, maybe that was a, because of injury or whatever it is. But Icardi realized that he's not getting fed, and he started dropping in. And I, listen, I don't want to create excuses, but you know, maybe that's that's why he was not in the same form. You know, he. He had to take on different responsibilities and he was just not prepared. Felt frustrated, probably. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Cardi's proven himself to us many times where, you know, 
he's human after all, right? He, he's going to have games where he doesn't finish the chances he gets. But what's important is he makes the runs to get into the positions that he does get into. Um, because if he continues to do that consistently, then it's on to the rest of the guys to feed him. And we did that. So he might have not finished today, but that doesn't mean he's not going to finish tomorrow. And, you know, we can't discredit him completely. He There was one corner kick yeah. Kenham had where Icardi headed it beautifully to the top left corner and their goalie just pulled an insane save. Like, of course. That, that's a goal nine out of ten times. Like, the goalie just happened to be in a good spot positioning-wise. He had good reflexes and he just sensed that ball going in that direction. Not going to discredit the goalie. That was legit an amazing save. Like, I, I, I was in awe after that. But that header, incredible. Like, that's a goal most of the time. So Icardi still did his job pretty good. And his runs were pretty good. He had one run that he had, Kenan fed him, and then they called him off sides. That was actually onside. So again, a perfect run. Maybe could have finished it a bit better, but he's doing most of his job pretty good. So no no complaints. He'll, he'll get it next time. I'm- Gunai had a great game. Who? What? Gunai, the, uh, oh, the yeah. keeper for yeah. Cousin Plus. Yeah. We were actually rumored with him, yep. but you yep. know... Muslera came back quickly, man. Yeah, yeah, they were, and so we didn't. Yeah, they were saying. If anyone wants to touch up on that? Yeah, they were saying that uh, we were interested in him because he was at Gaziantep before, um, and obviously because of the earthquake, his team pulled out of the league. He was an available player, and we were interested to bring him as a backup to Muslera because I guess we were not perfectly satisfied with Okan's performance, but we saw that um, Muslera is coming back sooner than anticipated. And apparently he wanted to go somewhere where he's going to play consistently. And that makes sense. I would do the same thing in this position. My team just pulled out of the league. Uh, You know, I want to prove myself and make sure that I have a job at the end of this season. What better way to do that than go to a team and play consistently, especially as a goalie where you either play or you don't. So I respect the decision. And hey, it kind of worked out for all both parties. He's he's performing well. And Muslera's back. And we still scored against him. We got our three points. Now we don't have to worry about it. Now, now it's good that our rivals might have to worry about playing against him. So, you know, we did our job. Yeah, and we move yeah on. exactly. So, yeah, we mentioned most people, you know, the good and the okay and the bad. But let's talk about the person who really deserved the highest score on SOFA score and fought mob. Nicolo Zaniolo, first official game. This kid comes in and he turns the game around and scores his debut goal against Custom Pusha. So I'm extremely happy that this, like, first off, kudos to the unit team. Who would have thought that seeing this stacked team, as stacked as it was, they would go and pull a, a nuke like this. This just, this is just, you know, uh, um, you know, you guys ever seen, um, those mafia movies where people send messages, they'll send like uh, pig heads to you know rival uh, rivals. <laughs> this yeah. this is this is us. Like yo, look at this. You don't have a chance. We got this. Who'd you get? You got nobody. We got Zaniolo. <laughs> Not because we needed him, because we can. We can. And and look, we're we're getting the fruits of our labor right now. So, what do you guys the, think, Saleh? What do you think? That's when you know when you're doing good. When you're adding to your already like 
beefed up squad. We're, I mean, Zaniolo, we already were actually good on the wings, right? We had more than enough wingers, but adding another very quality winger onto that, that's just kudos, man, to the board, to the unit team, to everyone who's involved. Um, I, I, before the match started or when he came on, I remember uh, the memes that we had around the crook man, you know, about uh, Durs Nuzbek, how he's a crook, we can't trust the fraud. He'll, he'll bring us into ruins. Um, but phew, I don't know, man. I, 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 to me, it doesn't even feel real for some strange reason <laughs> that this is us. Like, if it's you like think we're playing about it, FM right? or something, bro. Like, but, no, but truly, if you think about it, last year, our first transfer, right, of the summer, who were those? Alpaslan, uh, Aitach Kara, who came on. Uh, As a afterwards. sub. <laughs> exactly. As a sub for Kasim Pasha. Uh, for all those plays that we had last year for all those fees and now we suddenly have this monstrous team. Hennessy, bro, that's like... Bro, we had Tylon on Tyella and apparently Pep Guardiola rated him. Should have According to him. Dominic Torrent. Should have bought him? Yeah, exactly. Now he's, you know, missed out. <laughs> now he's playing, you know, for Ankara Guju at the bottom of the table. <laughs> Your loss, Pep. Could have had him. Um, but... Yeah, Zaniolo, the first thing is uh, when the half was about to start, you were already seeing him like in his kit and everything. So you know what, what was going to happen, right? And deep down, I think most of us hoped it would be for Yunus because he was having the worst game out of the bunch. And he came on, man. And what can I say? Of course, this, is this, uh, this isn't him at his 100%. He also hasn't played mm -hmm. in quite some time, of course. Uh, he suffered from apparently some depression and whatnot, but he just looked hungry, like so up to it. Yeah. And as a profile, he's still such a like weird player. He's, he's really tall. Mm -hmm. He's not skinny at all. He's still fast. He can dribble well. Um, and he's strong. He's strong. And the only thing I can do right now is just think of what's going to happen in the next few games once we start meshing. Because mm -hmm. in the game, what I did notice, uh, besides the beautiful finish that he had, is he was running like in between the central areas in the right wing and also pointing quite a lot like, hey, I want the ball over here or pass to me. It didn't always happen. Mm -hmm. um, so when the chemistry does hit, I can't wait for those moments because then he'll be fully unlocked and... Yeah, I think us winning the league is already kind of guaranteed at this point. No, but, no, 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 don't. Uh, I wouldn't say guaranteed. Okay, yeah, I jinxed it. I jinxed it. Okay, good. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. You didn't. You didn't jinx it. it but let's you know, let's let's remain humble. Um, <laughs> as we saw today, games where we think might be easy wins are sometimes the opposite. You know, we we could have easily lost points today. But Zaniolo, if if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about him. You know, first game. First goal, first win. And the beauty behind it, you know, as much as this game sucked to watch and it was stressful, there's, there's a beautiful aspect to a one nothing win and that one goal coming from Zaniolo. Some people were saying, you know, Zaniolo, what is he, like, is he needed? Why, why are you spending 15, 20 million when you already have all these other players? You can spend that money on Icardi, you know, this, that... This is why you spend money, because he's going to come on and make a difference. When Icardi can't, when Mertens is not there, when Sergio's not playing, scoring goals, Kedem's not, Kedem's been excellent, by the way, in the friendlies, when he's not scoring, you're going to have a guy like Zaniolo come on, 
and score. And he did that in the friendlies. He came on as a sub and he scored. He came on as a sub and he scored. He came on as a sub again today and he scored and won us a game. And ah, uh, like you guys really made good points on it being early. You know, I'm just thinking like Martins is going to join this team. They have that Italian language connection, you know. Hell, I consider just the way I said Schneider is basically Turkish. Mertens is basically Italian. He's played there almost all of his career. You know, he, Italy loves him. He loves Italy and Nap- you know, especially Napoli. But you know, they have that connection, and I'm sure Mertens was a decisive factor in him coming here as well. But you know, he's gonna learn how to play with Icardi. Um, he's gonna learn to play his role in that right wing or wherever Okonoji ends up putting him. And I just love the fact that he's hungry to receive the ball. He's here to prove something. And you saw that in his performance today. He he demanded the ball all the time in the midfield. Uh, when he was out in the midfield, he he made runs and he demanded the ball there. Uh, when he did get the ball on the right side, he wasn't always selfish about it. He kind of waited to see who was coming in. He would play it safe and play it back. Um, I think it's just, uh, you know positive positive vibes from here positive performances from here i think something that he does need to be careful about i think we should be honest in his performance i think you know sometimes i saw him try and dribble maybe a little bit too much i think that was a criticism (laughs) that roma fans had before when he was at roma you know he might try and dribble more than needed um you know his very first possession with the ball he tried to nutmeg a player when he could have just played a simple pass but that's okay The, the kid is here He's still kind of young. Um, man, I'm excited. There's a lot to say, but I'd rather leave him and his performances to, to do the talking. I don't want to jinx him. Nazar Demison, hopefully he stays healthy. But what a, what a way to start your career at Galatasaray. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how long he's going to stay here, but he's already started with a huge impact. Man is here for one long training session, I'm telling you. I don't think we keep him <laughs> for next season. Uh, and the confidence this kid has, he the goal he scored, he dribbled between three players, man. Left mm-hmm. it off to to Rashica, and Rashica, Rashica, um, yeah, assisted him. Up. And like, whew, like I'm, I was thinking at the goal, he could have passed to a Cardi. Cardi was in a good position to score if he would have laid it off to him. But the confidence this kid has, like, no, it's my debut. I'm scoring, <laughs> and I'm going to make my debut. You know, matter. And, and um yeah man the, that's that's the thing that's the thing about the goal right he created that like pretty much completely out of thin air yeah. out of thin air yeah there was no reason for him to do that and to create that and and he and he just did it just shows his quality again and why he why he'll be a wonderful asset to this already monster of a team yeah, he had the balls to take that ball and go straight at the defenders. I think I think that's like kind of part of the reason why he scored too. Not only did he have the confidence to do that, I think it also caught Kasim Pasha off guard in a way. You know, he got the ball and, you know, before him, not a lot of our players were taking the ball and dribbling straight at Kasim Pasha players and trying to challenge them. I think they got caught off guard because he got the ball he did like a soft dribble or two and then he just like took off like a rocket with the ball dribbling. And then all of a sudden, the custom pusher players were like distraught. They're like, wait, what? He beat They're a all pl- trying to like slide yeah, and stuff. They, they got confused. Three three of them jumped onto him. He released it to Rashidza. And Rashidza, hey, 
Did we just find a backup number 10 to, to Mertens? I don't know. I think we should, and I kind of keep that in the back of our minds, but Rashica did a great job of kind of dribbling left a little bit, but keeping, you know, Zaniolo and his mind on the right. And at the perfect time with the perfect ball laid it off. And just the way Zaniolo kind of winded up for that shot, it's like you knew it was going to go in. Like at that point, yeah. you, know, you can have Neuer, you can have Muslera in net. Just the way he wound up for that shot, it's like, okay, this is a goal and... He he was excited when he scored. He had the whole tongue out. He was he was ecstatic, and I think he kind of ran over to his brother after, gave a hug in the stands. I'm sure that was yeah, a huge member. weight off his shoulders, given all the drama that's been going on for the last couple of months. Yeah, man. I don't know this kid. The ball's on him. Um, I'm happy. I'm really happy that he's here. And we, like, I think we have to give kudos to Okamburuk and the Oof. unit team. The but classic. sheesh, bringing bringing someone like Zaniolo, who's making custom Pasha defense look the, like PTT one league <laughs> defenders, you know that's it's a different level of vision. And Okan Buruk broke the league record for most consecutive wins at fourteen, surpassing Besiktas's record. So again, kudos to you, Hojam. I always believed in you. I love you, <laughs> and uh, keep it going. And so. Okan Buruk has this next game where he has to play without um, Nelson. Boys, let's touch up on a little bit of the next game. I think we covered yeah. Kasim Pasha pretty well in that we might might have missed a couple players like Bowie and whatnot. Who's like I, I can't even talk about Bowie without regurgitating the same thing mm-hmm. as I always do. So it's like, Bowie, you're awesome. Nice, <laughs> nice haircut, hair. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> but uh yeah we don't have nelson for the next game lads what do you think about the next game whether that you know is predictions score lines lineups you name it All right, let's start off with uh Sally. with me okay um well first of all nelson won't be here therefore i think summit's favorite player will be starting which is emin bayram He'll have to step up, basically. I don't see anyone else really. Really? I no. mean, it could be Khan ah, Ihan. Could be. That's what Khan I was Ihan. thinking. Um, that's a good point, actually. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> could also be, but then again, uh, he hasn't really played for us yet. But oh, who? Wow. Khan Ihan. Khan Ihan. One. Uh, yeah, he played midfield. One sub, right? Midfield. Yeah, that's true. Ihan. Then again. Um, not that you say that. I don't know. I still expect Emin Bayern for some reason to start. Uh, he has started before. Therefore, why not continue? Um, but the game against Konya. So, from what I remember, they have a new coach. Uh, I think he was like a Slavic one. Serbian or Bosnian. Doesn't matter. And He hasn't been good. Matter, he hasn't been good. That, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> they haven't been good. As far as I know, since he's been appointed, they haven't won a game. Therefore, Konya facing the most informed team in the league should lead to us basically winning at their ground. Um, and I expect like a 2-0 win, basically. I, I don't see reason for Konya to suddenly surprise us unless, you know, it's the classic bad luck that we have. But um, I just seeing rolling over them, basically. That's how I yeah. see it. Um, Yasin, a lot of people on social media, especially, you know, the birds are chirping 
yet again saying how we didn't deserve the 14th consecutive win. I what did I say last time we were on pod? I said that no one would accept it because of the you know game that we didn't play, and so. We said if Custom Pasha was the game we won, we would consider that 13 games, right? <laughs> and so it would be equal. So what do you think it would take for us to win against Konya to get that 15th, but in reality, the 14th, 14th. consecutive win to, you know, put the, the matter to, to bed? Yeah, man. Um, I think it's a win next week, uh, to put it simply. agree with Sally here, um, except I think we're going to score more than two goals. And, you know, Konya Spor is under a lot of pressure. Their coach is under a lot of pressure. I'll be honest, I'm not watching Konya Spor. I haven't watched Konya Spor. There's no need for me to watch Konya Spor unless they're playing against Galsai. But their stats, their recent performances, their standing in the, in, in, the, in the table kind of explains a lot of what's going on. They got rid of a coach when they probably shouldn't have gotten rid of a coach. So there's a lot of chaos going on over there. And, you know... Something I mentioned earlier in the podcast today was it was a good test. It was a good learning lesson. And something we've mentioned many times before was Okan Hoja learns from his mistakes or just experience. He, he, he values experiences and takes advantage of them and uses them for his benefit going forward. Today was a good experience for him. And I think that leads us to discuss the lineup because... I think that's going to be part of the reason why we win next week. We're, we, we're going to take the lineup we had today and we're going to make tweaks to it based on where we went wrong. And one of those tweaks is going to be left back, I think. Now that we just spoke about the center back position, probably Emin Baydam or Khan Ayhan, but either way, they're both Turkish and their partner is going to be Turkish. So that's two Turks right there, right? Abdul Kedem and uh, either Khan Ayhan or Emin Baydam. And then you have Kedem. <laughs> who I think is a guaranteed starter. I think 99% of people can agree on that, unless he gets injured, God forbid. But he's starting next week too. That's three Turks right there. That means now you can afford every other position to be a Yabanja player, Corner. including your left back. You do not need to play Sam next week, Hoja. I'm not telling you to not <laughs> play him. I know you're not going to play him. And I'm going to assume you're not going to play him. Leo Dubois is going to make a huge difference in our attack next week. We'll see that. And then you're gonna have Zaniolo, hopefully in better, you know, you know, uh, shape, better stamina. He he did a good job today. You know, I I wouldn't be completely surprised if he still doesn't start next week. Maybe he's gonna come on as a sub, but I'll be more uh, confident to say Rashica will start next week instead. So that again will make a big difference. And Konyaspor, I doubt are gonna play sitting back the way that Kasim Pasha did. Um, and we have a great away record too. Uh, we almost. You know, some games where we think we're going to gonna be very easy at home become the difficult games. And the away games that we think are going to be more difficult become easy for us. That's been kind of the, um, you know, the trend so far this season. And I think that's going to continue. I'm pretty confident in a win next week. And just a heads up to everybody. The game is Friday. So don't miss it <laughs> because you think it's the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree think, with you guys. Uh, yeah. What do you think of Konya? Look, I'm not going to give any score predictions, ah, know, but uh, they, they don't have Ilhan Pulit, who always gives us, you know, a rough time. But they haven't uh, gone against the Galatasaray that's in form. Maybe not this game, but a Galatasaray that still manages to win despite the odds, because let's, let's face it, they have the quality, they have the players, they have the mentality. Every other team is breaking down slowly. 
Whereas we're staying on our feet and you can see how motivated our team is with the celebrations, you know, with, of the team at the end of the game. You've seen everybody, Icardi, going to Zaniolo and like celebrating, being happy for him. So this team is giving me a lot of hope. I hope we can like secure that uh, 15th win, mm -hmm. put everything to rest. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping we win. And yeah, I guess with that said, we can wrap up. Um, it's been a, it's been a great talk, lads. For and sure. thank you for everyone, you know, that stood by till now. Listen to us. You guys are awesome as always. Please don't forget, please, to like and subscribe, you know, to our podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, anything at all, you can always reach us at the Lions Den GS on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Discord. If you guys want to be invited to that, you could always hit us up. And yeah, take care. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. See out. you guys. Bye bye.